This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, welcome everybody to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. On today's podcast, Quincy Carrier, who is has one of the biggest Browns podcasts, maybe the biggest. He's got, I believe, 41,500 some odd subscribers. We're going to find out how he blew up as the Browns podcaster. We'll talk to him in just a little bit, and there's a lot to get to. And and Quincy's been on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show a couple of times. Every time he's come on, we've gotten into a big argument, and, it's, and all hell is broken loose. And so now we're just going to have a normal conversation, and we'll see. I don't know. Maybe we'll get to an argument. Maybe it'll just be a nice, mellow conversation. We'll find out in a few minutes. But a uh, couple of quick updates first before we jump into it and bring Quincy in. Obviously, the Browns dealing with a ton of injuries right now, and unfortunately, a lot of the guys we're hoping are going to play this week didn't practice today. doesn't mean they're not going to play. They just didn't practice today. Miles Garrett did not practice uh, Mari Cooper did not practice. Juan Thornhill did not practice. Denzel Ward did not practice. Obviously, DTR did not practice. He's in the concussion protocol. Uh, and Joe Flacco will start if DTR can't go, which we're, obviously we're happy about that over P.J. Walker. So, And that's just a few. The Browns have dealt with uh, – in past years, fans have complained about injuries. And I said, eh, the Browns got their fair share, not any more than anybody else. This year, it's been absolutely ridiculous in a year that they had a, a, have a really good team. And – who knows how many injury, how many more injuries they can take. Uh, so we'll get into all that. Get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. Uh, Quincy Carrier is going to join me next. This is the Bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. You're in the Bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, we bring in Quincy now. Quincy, how are you, man? Good. How you doing today, Bull? I'm doing great. I mean, I'm doing all right, but the Browns' injuries are just, you know, you heard me go through the list. You know the list. You're doing a podcast every day. This, I mean, this is just crazy at this point. It, it is, it's absurd how many injuries this team, it, it's really, uh, honestly, credit to the coaching staff, which often gets maligned that this this team with the injuries they've dealt with should not be 7 and 4. Yeah, it's uh, a but, miracle that they're at right? 7 and 4, right? And I don't feel like that that has been super appreciated by, by no. some fans and it's like, man, this is best case scenario. Like if I told you all of this would have happened in August, no shot anybody. Like even Mr. 6 and 0 me with the shot Watson <laughs> is not going to sit here and right. be like, no, they're going to be 7 and 4 at this point. This is an incredible result. Um, that this team has willed their way into. And it speaks to like, yeah, the roster is deep. You do have guys to step up in certain spots. 
Um, and that says a lot to like, hopefully, you know, some of these young guys stepping up that says more to what this team could be in the future as well. You've got guys like Jerome Ford being able to step up a little bit in the absence of Nick Chubb. So maybe next year he's ready to be more of a compliment to him than it looked like it was at the beginning of this season. Uh, but yeah, just considering everything to be at seven, four and to like be at the point to where we're seriously talking about playoffs, not like, oh, if this, then that it's just we just went a right. couple games ahead of us. We feel like the Browns can have a good chance to make the playoffs, if not a pretty solid chance, honestly. You know, when the season started, you thought the Browns had a chance to be a really good team, but we we knew they had added a lot of players on defense. But until we saw them play, we didn't know how good they were going to be because they were so bad last year. You just, you didn't know. And then as the season started and and we saw how good this defense was, well, all of a sudden it became, well, not only can the Browns make the playoffs, maybe they can win the Super Bowl. I think right now, just making the playoffs, even if they lost in the first round, would be an incredible accomplishment for this team. Because, as you said, if I would if we would have said in the beginning of the year, Deshaun Watson's going to play, what did he play, five games? Whatever it was. Yeah, five, basically. Five games. Don't count the indie game. And uh, Nick Chubb's going to essentially miss the whole season. And you, lo- you lost your right tackle to start the year. And your backup right tackle's now been banged up for a few weeks. And your left tackle's been out for a month. And 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 this guy's hurt. And, and Denzel Ward's missed a couple of games. And on and on and on and on and on. It, it, you would have never in a million years thought uh, under those circumstances the Browns can. I mean, the Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb injuries alone, just those two, you would have said no chance the Browns make the playoffs with those two guys hurt. But yeah, they've been resilient, and and it's it's remarkable. What do you what do you make of it? Like what what do you think is the, the number one reason? I mean, the makeup of the team, the character, the coaching. What do you what is your reason for their uh, being so as successful as they've been? We always talk about it being an offensive league, and I think that lends us to like kind of discard defense as if it's not important anymore. But the one thing that gets forgotten, yes, offense gives you that ceiling. That that gives you that championship ceiling. But your floor in any given day comes down to your defense, right? You can get away with a bad offensive day or a bad offensive season and still be pretty solid if your defense is really good. And, I mean, look no further than the rest of the AFC North, who the reason they've been so consistent, stable, is they've always had good defense, especially Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh especially, you know, Mike Tomlin's never really had a terrible defense. Part of the reason he's never gone under 500. He also had Ben Roethlisberger for the bulk of that time too. But I think defense – having a really good defense really does give you a lot of room for error on offense. And it does give you a higher floor as a football team when your defense is that good. Now, if you're a disaster on the offensive side of the ball and look, the Browns aren't a productive offense and they were a turnover heavy offense and they were fortunate to get out of those first five or six weeks where they had like 13 turnovers with a positive record. And now, since they've gotten out of there, they haven't really turned the ball as much after Deshaun came back the second time. Um, Until P.J. Walker went out there. Until P.J. came in and fumbled the ball three times in a row, right? So we don't expect that to continue. Um, But defense has really been the key of it. I think it does raise your floor when you have a really good defense. And another thing, Bull, think about how many guys have been on this team forever versus, like, what it was before 2018. Like, David Njoku's on his second contract. Like, we don't even have the time to go through all the guys that are on the second contract, been here for a while, been developed here, been playing around each other. And when you have a team like that, 
they know each other really well. They know what they need to do to step up. And you get some of that locker room stuff as well. I mean, just I think the stability that they've had has bought them this and the defense that they have has bought them this. And this is you're seeing the Browns act like an AFC North team, which is, hey, stuff goes wrong. Yeah. Still can find a way to win. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, really from the Derek Anderson year, from after that one Derek Anderson year until, ba- until you know, Stefanski and then Baker, uh, it was a decade of almost no second contracts. Mm-hmm. It was a decade of let's overpay some mediocre veteran who, you know, is, is doing nothing like a Dwayne Bowe. Uh, it was awful. They had any injury... It, they had any injuries, they had no chance because their starters weren't even that good. So it's a good point. And, you know, when you – and that's the thing. So until the last couple of weeks, as crushed as the Browns were injury-wise on offense, their defense had remained relatively healthy. Greg Newsom had missed a little time, but, you know, he, he's a little further down the importance chart of their defense. Important, but not as important as a lot of other guys. But now in the last couple of weeks, we've seen Anthony Walker get hurt, you know, arguably their best linebacker, either him or JOK. You've seen Denzel Ward now miss a game, obviously their best DB. Thornhill's gotten hurt. And, of course, the biggest one of all, Miles Garrett. How much, like, we don't know yet who of those guys is going to play. And even if, my like, Miles Garrett's tough, uh, toughest as they, as they come. So my assumption is I'm just going to assume he's going to play because that guy is an animal. He's just going to play no matter what. But how – I don't, I don't know how effective he's going to be. He's not going to be 100%. How concerned are you that the defense will be able to keep up their high standard with a banged-up uh, banged uh, Miles Garrett and potentially no Denzel Ward again? I think they'll be able to, to maintain – a level of that standard, will they be like the team that keeps keeps multiple teams under 100 yards total offense without 100% Miles Garrett? I don't know. It's hard to say, right? And what is 100% with Miles Garrett? Because we've seen him flip a car over, and then like he just needs like a game or two to get back to being him, and then it's just like normal. So it's, yeah. you just never really want to count him out, no matter no. what, as long no. as he's suited up out there. Um, and yeah. it. Also, another thing, having a guy like Miles Garrett, it might not even matter that he's 100% because just his presence, teams aren't going to play around with that. Sure. Right? Nobody's going to leave him one-on-one, so you're still going to get the benefits of having Miles Garrett out there. Uh, but, yeah, this is a time for some of the other pieces to step up, and we've seen that um, in the San Francisco game. Miles didn't have a sack in that game, but Dalvin Tomlinson was all over the field, right? Yeah. So Darius Smith is somebody I'm looking at like, hey, this is the time. For you to start to get back to your normal numbers, because if you look at the sack numbers, the pressure numbers, they're all below what you would expect for yeah. Zadarius Smith to be at, um, especially with the help that he has, just with the attention that Miles Garrett gets. So that's somebody I would look at to say, hey, now it's the time to step up, right, in the absence of all-world Miles. And he's, if he's just really, really good, Miles, we need you to step up yeah. in that moment, right? Um, Greg Newsom up and down, right? Sometimes he's really good on that outside corner spot. Sometimes he's not. I think the issue with the secondary isn't necessarily Greg. It has a lot to do with Denzel not being out there because then Greg can't be in the slot and Mike Ford just isn't it. I think he's probably the worst cover corner you have on the roster and teams are exploiting that, right? Like your fear of Mike Ford getting left alone in that slot has let things happen in that secondary, especially if you're not able to get pressure um, in the time that you're used to getting pressure 
especially with as much man as Jim Schwartz likes to play. So I think they'll still be a good defense. I think the pieces are there. They're still a really deep defense. They still have a lot of impactful players. I think Taki Taki steps in really nice at that Mike linebacker role. I think that, you know, you have Zadarius, you have Dalvin Tomlinson. This is why you added pieces around Miles so that it doesn't completely go away if Miles isn't out there. Um, And, you know, this week, it might not be you need a Herculean um, effort from Miles Garrett. Next week versus Trevor Lawrence might require something like that, right? But this week, it might not. um, But you got to just play to the best of your ability. And I think that this defense with or without Miles Garrett is still good. Obviously, they're all world when they have Miles Garrett at at the peak of his powers. Yeah, you know, some of those other guys you mentioned have not been as productive, especially lately. I feel like the the, the two most productive front seven players besides Miles lately have been Ogbo and JOK. And I, and I mm. wanted to, I, first of all, I want to know if you agree or disagree with that. Number two, well, why don't, why don't you go with that first? Because then I'll then I'll follow up with something else. But do you agree I that would those add have been Dalvin the two? to that list? I think Dalvin's been pretty productive. I think he just had recently had the multiple sack game a couple of weeks ago. Um, so I would add Dalvin to that list. He's yeah. been a pretty productive player, even though he's been a little on and off when it comes to some of his run defense responsibilities. Yeah. Um, and the same thing can be said about JOK, right? Like sometimes JOK plays the best football game you've ever seen. And then sometimes yeah. You give up 200 yards because JOK is just doing whatever he wants yeah. to. So it, it's kind of hard to gauge with guys like that where they're up and down kind of consistently. But I think you're you're dead on with Oboe. Um, he's been a yeah, great been player great. the yeah. last four weeks, like really great player. Um, and there's another guy who's going to have to step up. He's already kind of stepped up in the absence of miles. Had that big stop um, against Denver to yeah. force a field goal, which – let you only be down five points. Unfortunately, DTR gets knocked out the game. Wheels completely fall off the wagon after that. But still somebody who really stepped up in a big moment, made a play when nobody really was on that defensive line. Let me ask you about DTR. Uh, I think he's made a pretty solid improvement from that, you know, first game against Baltimore where he was put in a terrible spot to two weeks ago to this week. I, I've, I liked what I was seeing from him. Uh, what, what do you think about what you've seen from him? Do you see the steady improvement or you think I'm overrating it? I'm encouraged. No, I'm encouraged. Um, he has very nice ball placement, like not your average ball placement at times. Like he can just really fit the ball into some tight windows. The arm strength is an interesting thing with DTR because he can throw that ball as fast as anybody and he could put it on a rope as well as anybody. The issue is when he has to layer the football and throw it deep or or let it float a little bit, he has no control on that. Um, And that's something for him to work on in the future. But the raw talents there, and what I've been most impressed by with DTR is his ability to process and make good non-turnover-y decisions, right? Like, he is processing the game very fast. He's making good decisions. He's throwing accurate footballs. Um... And he's a really good athlete. Like, I realized when I watched some of his college tape, I did not watch a lot of Pac-12 football because I was looking at some of the stuff he was doing over there. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, how is nobody talking about this guy? Um, Because he he had some crazy highlights in the Pac-12, Power 5 football. So he is a 
intriguing player because the ball placement stuff's there, the 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 accuracy can be there, and I think the processing stuff is really good there too. Um, so yeah, I'm encouraged with what I've seen by him. I wish he could play this week, um, or at least have a full week of practice and play. Yeah. Now it's kind of a weird situation where he might not be able to practice. Who knows how much right. he can really study if he's coming off concussion protocol because yeah. he might just have some like headaches. Like, so I don't know if this is the week to put him back in there, but I do think that you probably get to your ceiling as an offense with DTR in there because I think he's the most, he's the, he has the most potential to be a game make be a game changer i guess i don't yeah. i think it's too no much, you're right he's got a lot more upside at this point he's got way playmaker. more upside than joe flacco way more playmaking yeah. upside i agree with you my biggest concern about dtr going forward is that he is so slight mm. and you're right he's a great athlete which means he's going to run sometimes and i'm just worried about him taking hits and getting hurt because i mean he is a tiny guy not he's not sh- that short but he's so thin I'm just Do worried about him taking hits. What is going on in that quarterback room at times where it's like none of these quarterbacks protect themselves in this room? Um, we saw this with Deshaun where he would cut up yeah. field. And I'm not somebody who thinks just running the ball as a quarterback is dangerous. I think it could be very safe if, if you do it the right way, right? Well, it's Russell Wilson hits you. Russell Wilson yeah. does not take a lot of big hits. Yeah, it's all and about he, who and- hits you. Right. And well, sure. where you're getting hit. And yeah. I think there's two things that can get you killed in the NFL um, as a quarterback, right? Holding the ball behind the line of scrimmage outside the pocket, that's dangerous for anybody. Um, yeah. That's where Joe Burrow takes so many hits, right? Deshaun Watson, the worst hits he takes in those situations. And then there's like running the ball, but cutting towards the middle of the field because then linebackers are hitting you, then defensive yeah. linemen are, are hitting you. And it, it's like, these quarterbacks seem to have the instinct to take the worst hit possible. And I feel like it's being encouraged because like, I have seen nobody, nobody decide I'm just going to run this out of bounds. I'm just going to throw this out of bounds instead of zigzag back and forth across the field to try to get like five extra yards on the scramble. So sometimes I just wonder like, are they encouraging this? I don't know, but you're right. They've, They've been taking some brutal hits this year. Confidence level in Joe Flacco, assuming he starts, which seems likely at this point. What's your confidence level in him? I assume you agree with the choice to go with him over PJ Walker. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to have to run when you put DTR in. I think they made the decision we're going to run an offense that's a lot more similar to what we were running with Jacoby Brissett than what we wanted to do with Deshaun. Right? You put PJ in. That's you're trying to hold the offense stable until Deshaun gets back out there because PJ kind of plays like Deshaun. He's just not as capable. Um, this is like okay, we're just going to run base. Well, not base, but we're going to run that good old thing, right? That Jacoby Brissett style of offense that we know that we could put somebody in and elevate them with that offense. And I think DTR, he has a similar play style to that. Um, and then Joe Flacco, he's not as athletic as Jacoby Brissett or even or DTR, but he can do that relatively well enough. I do worry about two things. One, if we give up a ton of pressure, I know for a fact Joe Flacco is mm-hmm. just going to get rid of that ball and throw it out of bounds. And that mm-hmm. can lead to a lot of three and outs and no time of possession. So And also, like, if you can't get the run game going, 
that could also be a problem, right? Yeah. Like, so if those two things aren't really going well, then I don't expect this to go well. But if those two things hold up relatively fine, you're able to get like four yards to carry and the offensive yeah. line's able to hold up and not be a disaster, which, hey, Aaron Donald's playing this week, so it's not a guarantee. That's right. But as long as you're able to hold up and not be a disaster, I think he'll be fine. It won't be yeah. spectacular. You're not going to put up 45 points. But, you know, you put up like, 17 21 24 whatever you need to hopefully win this game if you play good enough defense on the other side also playing against matt stafford it's a guy who turns the ball over a lot so hopefully this is a week where the defense can get some turnovers to help yeah. the offense out quincy how let, let's talk about you here for a second man you got over forty thousand subscribers on youtube that i don't know if people realize uh because I was looking up how many YouTube channels even have a thousand subscribers. And I think it was like 9%. So at 40,000, it's got, I don't know if you know the exact number. I'm guessing it's less than 5% of YouTube channels. Do you know the exact number that have 40% or 40,000 or more? I do not. It's probably I'm guessing like it's under five, 3% or something like that. Yeah. Maybe even 3%. So it's not like you came from a TV studio or radio. Like you have developed this brand on your own. It's quite impressive. How did this tell tell me how you did it? It's funny how it started, right? Because one day I was watching a Colin Coward video. I believe he was comparing Baker Mayfield to RG3 and um, Andrew Luck to Sam Darnold. And, I, and it was in the middle of the season. Like we had already yeah. seen what Sam Darnold was. And we, we were at the time we were kind of into the potential of Baker Mayfield. And I just could not believe the take that, that, was ha that he had. I thought mm -hmm. it was so ridiculous. So I started writing in my notepad, like my arguments for it. Like, I just think this right. is a bad point. This is why I think that. And then I was looking up stats and I was like, I would want to watch this video, right? Like I was writing these notes and I thought to myself, I would want to watch these videos. Yeah. I graduated with a TCOM degree. I know how to do video editing, you know, mm -hmm. I did all the film club stuff when I was in school, always been a huge football fan. Um, and I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this video. Like, I like YouTube. I'm, I'm on YouTube a ton. I want to mm -hmm. watch this video. I'll make this video. So I get over to my computer. I make the video. I post it and it's getting more traction than like the normal stuff that I would post where it's like, oh, vlog stuff or something like that. And I was like, OK, there's something here. Maybe there's like a market that needs to be served when it comes to Brown's content. So I just was like, OK, I'll make another video. Right. And make another video, make another video. And then five years later, I'm making like three a day. And I'm like, oh, this is a full time job. Right. <laughs> but That's it. It's amazing. And was there a moment where uh, somebody, I don't know, somebody famous put something like tweeted out your stuff or posted or that, that helped build you a big I, chunk? Was there a moment like that or has it just been grinding for these years and getting it a little bit at a time? I think it was a slow grind. I think the first thing yeah. that happened that really got it going was maybe there was like a prominent Reddit poster who nah. put the link up on Brown's okay. Reddit. I feel like maybe that's what happened because I remember there was a time where I was getting like a lot of comments came here from Reddit. Reddit sent me here or uh, whatever. Okay. Um, but maybe that's what happened. I'm pretty sure it was like somebody watched the video, enjoyed it, threw it on Brown's Reddit. And then, you know, I've been around watching YouTube long enough to know if you get something going, you got to capitalize on it and keep making yeah. videos if you would like to stay in that area. And yeah. I love the Browns. I love talking about them. So, you know, just doing that, growing, learning more about the team, learning more about football as I go on and um, trying to make it the best 
place possible or one of the better places possible is, you know, it's the diet. Everybody has their different stuff. Somebody might watch me than you, right. than ultimate Cleveland sports show, or maybe they got a completely different mix of podcasts that they put in there. Yeah. But I try to make myself as useful as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of content out there now, but man, uh, you're doing really well and congratulations on your success. And for the, I'm sure most of my subscribers are already in, in, subscribing to you, but if you're not, if you don't, if you don't subscribe to Quincy's podcast, just search for Quincy Carrier, C-A-R-R-I-E-R, at YouTube, and you'll find him. He's got a ton of content out there. He does really good stuff. Quincy, thank you for taking the time. Appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you, Bull. We'll take a break. Come back. I'll wrap things up next in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bedroom. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, welcome back. Uh, good stuff with Quincy Carrier. Good to talk with him. It's a, it's a pretty cool story, man. It's... You know, uh, now there's other way. There's this used to be you had to go down certain avenues to get noticed. And now you can make your own way. And if you hustle and work hard, it can people can do it. You can have success. You could turn a career. You could make a career out of something. And he's he's really hustled and done good work. So congratulations. It's it's well done. All right. Uh, last podcast before the game. So let me give you my pick. I got the uh, it's hard to make the pick, honestly, because I don't know who's playing. But I'm going to go with the Browns plus three and a half. This game opened at four and a half. It's gone down to three and a half as some of the money has gone on the Browns. I said earlier in the week that I'd be leaning towards the Browns if it were DTR or Flacco and not P.J. Walker. It does look like it's going to be Flacco. Miles Garrett's likely to play. I think Amari Cooper will play this week. Don't know about Denzel. It's not looking great on him. I think the Browns at the very least keep it close. Uh, so I'll take them plus the three and a half. Let's go rapid fire other games in the NFL this week. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I'll let's let's go all this all the Sunday games. Falcons at the Jets. I like the Falcons on the road minus three. Cardinals at the Steelers. Steelers favored by five and a half. I hate to say it, but I'll go with the Steelers. Chargers at the Patriots, favored by five, even though they got four wins. But that's how bad the Patriots are. I'll lay the five with the Chargers. Lions in New Orleans to play the Saints. Lions' offense has been a little off kilter the last couple of weeks. They've still managed to win one game. Close game. I'll take the Saints, keep it close. I'll, I'll take the Saints plus four. Colts at the Titans. I'll take the Colts on the road, minus one. Broncos at Texans. Texans a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Great game. Texans, tough loss last week. Broncos have won four in a row. Uh, I'm going to go with the Texans in this one. I think they win at home. I think it's going to be close. I'm a little nervous about the three-and-a-half, but I, I'll, I'll take the Texans. I'll lay the nine-and-a-half. The Dolphins have destroyed bad teams. Commanders are awful. I'll lay the nine-and-a-half with the Dolphins at the Commanders. At the Commanders. At the Commanders. Uh, Panthers are getting five and a half in Tampa. I'm actually going to take Carolina, you know, new coach, get a little, uh, or, you know, a uh, little momentum off the, the new coach there. Uh, the, I said they keep it close. I'll take the Panthers plus uh, five and a half. Uh, Niners at the Eagles, obviously a great game. Eagles won a wild one last week. I'm going to take the Niners. They're a three-point favorite on the road. I like them this week. I think they're, they're the best team in the NFC right now, even though the Eagles got a better record. It might sound crazy. Uh, I'm going to take the pack. Uh, no, I'm, excuse me. I'm going to lay the six with the Chiefs on the road in Green Bay and Monday night football. I think the Bengals will keep it close. I think the Jags win Monday night football, but not by more than nine. I got the Jags winning by three to seven. So I'll take the Bengals with the points. Uh, and there you go. Final note. One one nugget from baseball. The Guardians have made their first move in free agency. How about this? 
That's not that exciting. They have signed veteran pitcher Jaime Berea. He's 27 years old. He's played, I think, his whole career for the Angels, if I remember. Let me double-check that. That is correct. He actually he had a bad year this past season. He wasn't very good. Uh, he had a 560 ERA. The th- the, he's been one year good his whole career. It's been one year good, one year bad. One year good, one year bad. He's been a starter, uh, he, but he's pit- the last two years, he's pitched more out of the pen. Uh, he's made 69 appearances the last two years, seven starts after initially coming up as a starter. So it's a piece on a minor league contract. It's a perfectly okay move. So there you go. Hopefully they'll actually spend real money with the winter meetings coming up next week on those corner infielder, corner outfielders that they need. That's going to do it for me today. Thanks to, to Max for producing tonight. Thanks to Quentin C. Carrier for joining me on the podcast. And thanks to all of you for listening and watching. Make sure you subscribe to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull. Uh, courtesy of Bet Rivers, go to YouTube, go to Spotify, go to Apple Pods. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube, though. Hit the subscribe button, please. Thank you, and you'll get alerts whenever we put something out. That's it for now. Uh, in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. We'll see ya. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network.